uncovering your truth and fire one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach based in Washington, D.C. If you want to put the fun back in your business or the passion back in your career, head on over to spitfirecoach.com and click on the complimentary discovery call link so you can find out how coaching can light a fire under you. We are back for season two of the Spitfire podcast. Woo! We are still spitting that fire and episode one of season two is no exception. We are sitting down and having a chat with the co-founders of The Mad Optimist. I had the pleasure of meeting them in Indianapolis last month and they're completely flipping the script on what it means to be a for-profit startup in the beauty industry. So I hope you enjoy episode 53, season two, episode one. Do the math. It's all good. Enjoy The Mad Optimist. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 53 of the Spitfire podcast. That's right. We are in our brand new season. Did you guys know that? You are kicking off season two of the Spitfire podcast. They didn't even know. (laughs) And And we're starting on a very optimistic level because we are talking to the founders of the Mad Optimist. Now, they're not mad, but they sure are optimistic. And we are talking about soaps and the person personalization and customization of it. These guys have been at it for six years and started as the Soapy Soap Company, is that? Yeah, we were a Soapy Soap Company, yep. Soapy Soap Company, so that was that was Anthony. I, I'm speaking to Mohammed and, and Anthony, and there's a second Mohammed who may or may not be joining us. So I'll have you guys introduce yourselves once, once I'm done yapping. Uh, we're talking about how to pivot from being a local company into really a world dominator because why stop at the country level, right? So we met earlier this month. So it's, it's a Halloween while we're recording this, but we met earlier in the month in Indianapolis. What were you guys doing there at the Day of Innovation? Uh, so uh, we were accepting our uh, Indiana Innovation Award. Uh, we're one of the, I believe it's well, nine or 10 companies um, and groups in Indiana who uh, were uh, recognized for being an innovative Indiana company and um, got a cool award. We were also set up, so just talking about our company and attending the sessions and, you know, uh, uh, talking with innovation people <laughs> such as yourself. <laughs> we're, we're innovators. What caught my attention, so each of the award recipients had a little video set up and most of them were kind of like, wah, wah, no offense to the, any, any of the other award recipients, but these guys had in the back of their t- t-shirts, we give a shit. Yeah, 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 and the crowd so loved that. <laughs> they did. We, the crowd went wild. But we were talking later at your table that you you had a little bit of pushback around your language choice. Um, yeah, a your branding. Bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it stands out when we do. Most people are like, "Oh yeah, I love that," or you know, "I love that." I might not want that T-shirt for the workplace, but you know, I'm, that's really cool. Um, but there have been like uh, one or two people who are like, one person who was like, uh, you know, I'm emailing to let you know that I will not be ordering your product anymore because of your vulgar language. And we were just like, whoa, um, uh, this is just who we are. This is how we speak. We're not, you know, intending to hurt anyone. It's, uh, uh, but that's how we are. We're upbeat. Uh, we use words like badass and I give a shit. And, um, that's just who we are. And sorry you feel that way. Um, we ask you to reconsider, but um, yeah, uh, we're not coming from a, a dark place at all. Yeah, so you guys started as the Soapy Soap Company. Uh, which I would think has a very different brand or, or language or tone around it. So at what point did you guys really lock into your messaging around your company? Oh, well, really, that was just earlier this year. Um, uh, for six years, we were a um, soapy soap company. Uh, we were selling um, locally throughout Indiana, um, selling directly at, at events and selling to um, stores, retailers, um, and a bit online as well. And the, the branding at that time uh, was mostly organic. So we're not branders or marketers uh, by any means, um, especially branding and design is just really not our strong point. Um, but we were bootstrapping um, and just doing what we can to make the company uh, run. And uh, the branding just kind of naturally came out of us. We didn't use a lot of languages like language, like um, I give a shit. Um, we, we tended to be a bit more cautious and you're, you're like, you know, some people might not like that, so let's just do this instead. Um, uh, but the brand was really uh, 
it was a little all over the place. There were some, it ultimately still came out of our personalities, um, but it wasn't one cohesive brand. So um, there was a main focus of, of uh, the product heavy features uh, where in essence, um, uh, we would market like all natural or our products being vegan and, and halal and non-GMO. Uh, and so it was very uh, functional marketing, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, yeah. Which made our products really great quality. Um, but uh, once we um, really were like, okay, we need to expand outside of Indiana, uh, we need to pay ourselves. And, you know, uh, we, we have more to offer than just selling to some local stores. Um, we found it hard to expand um, because everywhere has their own local soap company, body care, and um, they're, they're like uh, national brands and smaller brands. And so there's just a lot of competition and to compete, you either have to have a really different product offering or uh, regardless of quality or, um, and really also you need like really super great branding that speaks to a national level audience. Um, and so um, the next stepping stone in that journey was us being like, okay, we make soap really differently uh, the soap is safe and ready to use the same day, which uh, really no one else is doing. Um, so we're like, okay, let's offer 100% customized and personalized soap. People can choose their scents. We can make one bar and ship it out in 10 days or less. Um, and uh, we still didn't have that branding uh, capability. <laughs> um, so we did kind of a quick launch of something called Design My Soap. Again, kind of very on the nose, unfunctional. Um, but it was our test. And so we tested personalized bar soap. Um, we and just to kind of back up a little bit, uh, to kind of give some, uh, I guess, reality to, to uh, uh, not reality, that's not a good word, uh, but to kind of uh, tell you more about the, the severity of it uh, is, is the fact that like, we were about ready to close the doors, in essence, because- uh, it, How close been, were you? Uh, it was, so it's been four years at that time, four years, and we still haven't paid ourselves. Uh, and we, we have employees, we have a, a physical warehouse and production facility. Uh, Racking up credit card debt and personal debt. Uh, <laughs> and, and so in essence, uh, that's when we sat down and, and we just all sat down and had a meeting and, and we were like, look, something is going on here where, uh, uh throughout the years i've been mentioning it like hey guys uh this doesn't make sense and and like we should be making money and and it was always said like look we're growing and when you grow it costs money to grow and mm -hmm. and so i was like okay and then we go another year and then same kind of conversation but this time i was like look i'm not accepting that answer of it's just us growing um mm -hmm. something is just not right uh where we've exhausted uh we're in a lot of different big time stores on a local level. Um, it looks like uh, the stores, in essence, they're not wanting to, to, they weren't that interested in moving us on a national level within mm -hmm. their chain. Um, and that to us was, was a big uh, uh, surprise because we've met with them. They said, yes, you, your sales are great and, and they're exceeding more so than these million dollar brands, uh, but when we requested to, to be put into other states, um, they had said, uh, well, at this time, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just work on just Indiana stores. Um, so that kind of told us that, okay, well, uh, we're in these local stores because they're able to market the fact that they support local. Mm -hmm. um, that's where we're starting to get that message of like, okay, the branding's not there. It's not a national brand, regardless of the sales. And, and so there's a few other things, like the margins were just really low. So that kind mm -hmm. of spoke to, uh, what Muhammad was saying of um, you can you know expect to uh, as you grow uh, costs will grow and you're just growing costs money um, but if you don't have margins you can't survive in that process and so here we're basically three uh, full-time uh, dedicated people the co-founders uh, and like I said four years still haven't uh, gotten paid uh, and that's when we're like okay uh, unless we can figure something out, we need to close doors because uh, like, there's not that much uh, more that, that we could, uh, we can't continue doing this uh, and, and uh, having the amount of, of revenue coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when we sat down and we just did a brainstorm of, okay, what sets us apart? Because four years into it, at the time of when we started the company, our products were, uh, it was abnormal to have all natural, uh, uh, all vegan, uh, gluten-free products. 
Um, but four years later, that's like the new norm. And, mm -hmm. and so here, if our main marketing is that, oh, it's all natural and it's vegan, and that's the norm, uh, then uh, that's not good enough for us. Yeah, and we think and, and ours, so, ours may be better than the other ones in the market. Um, but that's not really enough to just say they're better. There needs to be something else going on with your product. And so that's when we honed in on, okay, what's differentiating about what we do? And, and one of the things that's very different is the way that we make our product and, and the way that we uh, manufacture uh, soaps and, and, and uh, body care. And, and so we realized that, wait a second, uh, we have this ability to uh, make soap and have it be ready instantaneously. Uh, Typically, other soap makers, uh, they require 30 to, to 60 days for the soap to cure and be safe to use. Mm -hmm. uh, but and you guys are in a single day of turnaround. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're able to, to make uh, uh, soap and have it exactly turn around one day. Uh, and we're like, well, how can we, how can we maximize that? And mm -hmm. that's when we realized, well, wait a second. There's no one making uh, custom uh, body care online. Uh, normally, if you do, you have to kind of order like two or three hundred bars of soap, and it's primarily geared towards um, other businesses who might want to white label or private label mm -hmm. their, their product with their brand. Uh, but there isn't really anyone who's marketing specifically to, uh, to uh, end users. And mm -hmm. uh, that's when we're like, wait, wow, like you type in custom soap in, in the web browser, and you'll find people who engrave or carve. Uh, like your logo or your name into a bar of soap. No one really making soap. Uh, and, and so uh, that's when we're like, okay, well, let's, um, let's, let's do design my soap. It's very functional. Uh, people who are interested in, in designing their soap could do that. And uh, the, the quick factor there is, is keep in mind, we are about ready to close the door. And we're like, okay, with the, with the small amount of money that we do have left over, let's invest it in this concept and this idea and within a matter of like a month and a half uh, we pulled out uh, an MVP completely separate website uh, and and really made it happen quickly because mm -hmm. the holiday season was approaching uh, and actually we were in the holiday season we wanted to at least catch the tail end of that yeah, yeah. And, and so we uh, uh, basically uh, got a version that that was very buggy Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we figured at least people can can use it and, and, and uh, place their orders. Um, so you guys have a little bit of money. You are four years in. You're ready to close the door. You're like, let's do one last hurrah. Let's go for the Hail Mary pass. Yeah. Realistic yeah. thinking about it. So you guys are giving me like the, the rehash of this because yeah. you're optimistic. But <laughs> take me back to that moment. Give me the actual percentage of did you, on a scale of zero to 100%, what did you think your success rate was going to be? Uh, at that time, um, we thought it would be highly successful. Um, because we, we tend to have like really high highs and low lows. There's, okay, there's no so nothing of, in the middle. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not like, oh, 45%. It's like, this is, uh, this is going to work or, or it's not. Oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> kind of, like, <laughs> now, yeah, is there one of you that, that is more pessimistic than, than the others? Who's the realist of the group? I would say Muhammad M is maybe. Um, well, yeah, he's calling the meeting. He's like, guys, we were not making anybody. You're like, <laughs> yeah, guys, yeah. but we're making soap. It's great. <laughs> it depends on the moment and the, the topic. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, a matter of, of uh, clearly there's uh, no one who's doing it online. Uh, mm -hmm. And so just coming from a strategic standpoint, I mean, it could be, well, no one's doing it online because it's. Uh, not something that is uh, interesting to people. So maybe that's why it's not online. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, really, if you think about it, I mean, it's one of those things that, that no one ever knew that that was possible. And mm -hmm. so uh, someone gave us this analogy of, of before chewing gum uh, was invented, no one knew or had this concept of putting something in your mouth and chewing on it and, and having it called gum. Uh, and so here, like you go to the store, you buy your soap and you use it. And mm -hmm. that's what you've always been taught. And that's what you grew up with. Uh, never did you have this ability to, to, to pick and choose what you want and uh, it be made for you. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about Subway, like when Subway started, you, you stand in line, you tell the, the waiter exactly what you want and they'll make that sandwich just for you. 
And so we were just like, why is that not in the body care field? Um, and, it's, and we kind of saw it as a matter of getting people excited. It's like, okay, you could be like, oh, well, there's like 12 different sandwiches to choose from. I'm happy to choose. But if you're like, no, you could have this meat with this cheese and, and these two sauces and, you know, exactly the ratios. And you can test and be like, okay, I like that a little bit. Let me do something different next time. It's like, why wouldn't you, if you're going to pay 6 to $12 for a high quality bar of soap anyways, mm-hmm. um, why not choose so- your sentence? And- <laughs> so get, walk me through the subway line of your soap. So okay. someone comes onto your site, what, what's the first thing that they choose? Sure. Um, well, and this is the same now and for Design My Soap. Um, uh, and actually, there are a few more options now. So essentially, um, if you're going with soap, you choose, um, uh, you choose the type of soap that you want. So do you want like a body bar, a face soap, a shampoo soap, or a shaving soap? Um, and then after that, um, you have the option of choosing like your base. So is your skin type really dry or is your skin type oily or are you kind of neutral or don't really care? You might just choose the one in the middle. Um, and then you like create your own scent blend, um, essentially aromatherapy grade essential oils. Um, you have like four slots to choose from. What four slots do you want to fill with oil? So if you want like two slots of lavender, you know, a spearmint and a clove, and uh, then you can go with that. Um, or if you just want like a really lightly scented lavender soap, you can put one slot of lavender and then you can choose add-ins. So do you want like a scrubbing soap? You can put like fennel seeds or pumice stone um, or you can put a coconut milk powder. It's super moisturizing and great for your skin. Um, and then you choose your label. Um, so you name your soap. <laughs> uh, so it can be like uh, uh, the Spitfire uh, Spitfire bar soap or you know whatever, whatever you like mm-hmm. we have some like really awesome names that people have created too it's pretty crazy we can talk about that um, and then um, the pattern yeah uh, you get to yeah. choose yeah. you get to choose what uh, sort of uh, design that most resonates with you I think we have like 12 different patterns like if you like trees we have like a forest design and, and <laughs> uh, we have some uh, polka dots if you for like birthday themed uh, background backgrounds and, and so uh, when you select your label, then that's where you kind of visually are able to see uh, what that soap would look like with the label and with the packaging all um, all on there. And uh, the other step is is you get to um, pick your your price. Uh, what are you able to afford uh, to pay for for that uh, for that bar of soap? Um, and so those options. Wait, in- I want to pause you right there. Yeah. People can pick their price for their soap. Yeah, so this is actually something new uh, as part of the whole like Matt Optimist realignment is um, we, we like to think through things and be like, okay, um, this is what everyone else is doing, um, but wouldn't it be nice if it were like this or, or, you know, what would be the best way of doing this thing? And when we came to price, um, like with our test of Design My Soap and in the past, uh, we had some people being like, you know, uh, I really like your your products and and everything, but it's I can't quite pay you know eight dollars for a bar of soap. Mm-hmm. But then on the other end, we had a lot of people being like, I really love what you guys are doing. Uh, you have like a really great um, business model and a really great uh, attitude towards you know changing the world. Um, and people in San Francisco, they would pay like twelve dollars for the soap. You should raise your price. And we're like, well, we wouldn't feel comfortable just raising the price and making more margin just because people might pay for it. Um, but wouldn't it be awesome if you choose your own price? And then those people who really love what we were doing, they can pay $12 if they can afford it. And then what they're doing is they're helping the people who may, might only be able to pay $6 for a bar of soap um, to kind of, you know, balance it out. So um, uh, more people can have access to like this really high quality product and kind of create a community that helps each other out of like-minded individuals that's amazing i've never heard of that happening like (laughs) neither have we (laughs) (laughs) so where did you come up with the idea like when did it who like at what point did it strike you like oh we should just have this sliding scale and then other people can support other people in buying soap (laughs) i think uh ultimately it kind of boiled down to uh just not necessarily we kind of, okay, let me start over. So for five years, we've been doing things 
based off of what we've been learning that we should ah, be doing. So someone else's playbook. Marketing this. We should price things like this and we mm -hmm. should be doing this. And I've always been frustrated with marketing because I, I don't believe in this aspect of trying to convince people that to, to have to need your product. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, I mean, if you're able to, to, it's not our role to convince you and manipulate uh, you to, to, to have to buy our product. If you would like a quality soap uh, and, and uh, made with quality ingredients, um, then by all means, uh, we have that available. Uh, but I, I never necessarily liked this aspect of, of convincing people. And so uh, that's when uh, being frustrated for, for so long, uh, we're just like, okay, regardless of what is common out there, uh, let's do what we want to do. Because uh, ultimately, we have to live with a business, we have to live with what we're doing. And so rather than us having to, to make these difficult decisions on how to price it or whatnot, uh, we just kind of calculated, okay, what is the, the bare minimum uh, mm -hmm. in order to, to pay for the lights and pay for our, uh, uh, the labor in essence, um, and uh, basically have that be the, the starting of the sliding scale and then have that go to the, the other end of the spectrum. And uh, we're very much are relying on people's honesty and, and uh, people's uh, desire to help one another. Because uh, in essence, that's what we sort of rely on as well. Um, so many people have choices to go out and support uh, other businesses, other soap companies. And so if customers are choosing to support ours, um, that, I mean, in essence, they're, they're supporting us. So why not build a community of, of people who support other people? Um, yeah, and to go back to that moment of like, we're frustrated with like business and marketing and they're like, we, we literally sat down and like wrote out essentially like a manifesto of like, mm -hmm. we believe this and we think this should happen and we don't like this. And after that, it was like super clear for us of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, and uh, after that, actually, it was like, we felt good about marketing. And this is what Mohammed says too. And keep in mind, like, I think year, uh, for Design My Soap, year, uh, year five, uh, we had that slogan of, well, we give a shit. Um, mm -hmm. And then we talked to our customers and our customers were very, very reluctant. They, they, had, they were like, well, you guys, you're, you're mixing up. Uh, uh, these are customers at farmer markets, by the way. Uh, they're mentioning the fact that like, you're taking a cleaning product and, and you're associating it with, with something dirty like shit. And, and it just doesn't mesh well. I strongly encourage you not to use it. And what was interesting about some of those hesitations, though, was like, you know, I like it, but yeah. I don't think so-and-so will like it. And yeah. I, a few times I was like, no, I just want to see, do you like it? Yeah. Because other people are going to be like you. Um, but eventually we kind of scrapped the idea because we're like, okay, yeah. we're not sure. We don't have this marketing skills. So let's just do this other thing. And then we're also having idea thought process of, of how can we use business as a vehicle for, for social change in essence. And so early on, we were also thinking about like uh, for our, the Soapy Soap company line, because keep in mind while Design My Soap is going on, we already have established customers who buy our product uh, via wholesale. Mm -hmm. um, so we are still maintaining our wholesale line and we're just coming up with ways of, of how can we uh, make, uh, at that time, I think it was during like Trump time and, and uh, there was a lot of, of uh, Muslim negativity going on. And, and so we we're like, well, why don't we just call ourselves extremists? Like we're all three Muslim. Uh, why not we own up to the word extremist, but call it like being soap extremists. Um, yeah. and, and so we kind of <laughs> play on that. And, and that too, a lot of people were like, it's funny, I get it, but uh, you're in Indiana. That, I don't know if that would, would, uh, be good for for sales and and so we scrapped that idea as well and and so keep in mind this is uh this we, is us kind of being like trying to figure out how to brand ourselves mm -hmm. and um, so it wasn't until in essence uh, uh it wasn't until we built a foundation mm -hmm. of like that sitting down writing out the whole manifesto once we built that foundation that wasn't a brand yet but we kind of knew this is what we wanted to do with our lives this is what we want to do with our company yeah. And then we were able to build on top of that. And, and this is what we believe in. This is what we mm -hmm. stand for. And so uh, it's now a matter of how do we translate this into 
uh, into basically a language that, yep. that resonates well with other people. And, and that's what we are not good at. Like we're, yeah. we're really good on the back end and in production and, and manufacturing, but uh, translating uh, our, like the essence of us is, is really difficult for us to-, to uh, Really? I see, I don't yeah. know if I agree with that. Like I think- We're getting better. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you guys know who you are. You have a great like connection with your product and the quality of your product. And I think once you establish those values, now it's like, okay, what's the language that supports this? But you guys have had these, these examples of the shoulds of marketing and the playbooks of other people and the opinions that everybody tries to insert on you. But I think the more that you kind of like let go of that expectation of what it means to be an entrepreneur or a business owner or a soap company, the more it allows you to be free in that creativity within marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, absolutely in essence, yeah. Uh, there is an aspect of um, uh, we wanted it to be the best it could be, uh, mm -hmm. too, because um, uh, when we came to this point, it was maybe like uh, a year after the Design My Soap point. So um, Design My Soap, yeah. we got, you know, maybe $30,000 of sales. And, you know, that's not like, it's not nothing, but it was still like, this is not good. <laughs> Did you have a target? So when you guys made that decision of we're going to go into customization, we're going to try this out. Did you have a number in mind to keep the, the doors open? Uh, yeah, we, we kind of calculated some numbers. I mean, uh, it, it like we, we had some bare minimums that like we weren't really hitting <laughs> throughout the year. Um, I, I think it was like, you know, 10,000 a month uh, of mm -hmm. just like online revenue and uh, that's where it was like, okay, um, we kept the doors open. And keep in mind, this is all without, uh, without branding, without mm -hmm. design, uh, without packaging. Um, it's, I mean, very minimal packaging. Uh, and, and so, uh, very, very, uh, uh, minimal viable, viable product MVP, um, with very, very little resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so, um, and I can give you a quick, Okay, through that year, we launched Design My Soap. Um, uh, then we were uh, mentioned on a national podcast um, called Reply All. And mm -hmm. uh, that we got like a ton of orders from that. Uh, mm -hmm. But then there was a sharp drop off. Uh, but then a few opportunities came up. And as a result, we ended up going through a, a startup accelerator. Um, uh, so um, that's why we didn't end up closing the door sooner is because like, okay, we're going through this accelerator. We got some investment from the accelerator um, they uh, invest like fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars or like a six percent uh, of the business kind of standard accelerator stuff and it was a national accelerator um, called the brandery I don't know if you heard of it but uh, we went through that program um, learned a lot about the startup world and um, started changing our thought processes of like okay startups tend to think like this versus local businesses tend to think like this which really helped us um, start kind of clarifying and, and seeing what we wanted to do. Um, and then coming off the accelerator, um, uh, we started, started trying to maybe find investors, but uh, we we're just kind of seeing that we didn't really like that world and how it ran kind of part of that whole business um, well, frustrations. Not, not like maybe like the, the, one of the big benefits of the brandery is, is that they, they prep you, they prep your business to be investable. Mm -hmm. And we, we've, from the very get-go, we've always wanted our business to be investable. That's why we've always, uh, our legal entity, we were, uh, we were a, a, a corporation in essence. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, we knew at the end of it, uh, we would be put in front of investors and, and have uh, a pitch, basically. Um, so we were really, really excited about that. Uh, but then we started learning uh, what that world really is like. Uh, right. And what we learned is, is that uh, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job doing nothing but pitching and reaching out to uh, potential investors. And um, the life, I would say, uh, in our experience, we've found that uh, investors, um, they, their life is very different than maybe our life, <laughs> uh, where, where they have uh, money that they're able to risk, in essence. Mm -hmm. Um, for us, like every soap, every dollar uh, is, is, I mean, I look at it and going back to Subway sandwiches, 
every, each one of our bars of soap is roughly a six inch Subway sandwich, uh, mm -hmm. cost-wise, uh, if not a little bit more. And so giving someone a sample, it's like, uh, okay, here's a six inch. Um, and, and so, but some investors love samples and, and they want them. And, and uh, I just kind of feel like a lot of people kind of get let on. Um, it would be great cool. for people to kind of, investors to be like, okay, look, you guys are great, uh, but I'm not an investor for you. And then that's like dating. It's like, yeah. it's like getting a meal for free and be like, you know, yeah. I'm not really feeling this. But if you like shook the hand and we're like, you know, I'm not really attracted to you. I don't think this is going to work out. Go save your money. <laughs> <laughs> after, after the dinner's over. After the dinner's over. Yeah. And, and, uh, and let's so, go Dutch. <laughs> In, a, in essence, like uh, if we were to being uh, a small business, like uh, while we're spending time talking to investors and, and trying to, to, to get them to believe what we believe um, was very time consuming and, and very difficult. And so and at the same time, uh, all the numbers are looking back at all the business that we had done. And of course, that those, those numbers don't look like a startup because we weren't. Um, but that kind of holds us back too, because it's like, okay, they're evaluating us based on all these things that we did. So there's a lot of opposition and, and we just kind of look small and uh, we're not just going in with this awesome idea and telling how it's going to happen. And with venture capital money, I mean, they're looking for how do we grow the business extremely quickly and sell it? Yep. Um, and so that was not the model that we we're going after. We we're wanting to, how can we grow the business? as large as possible, but not necessarily with intent to sell it. it mm -hmm. Our intent was more so to uh, build a community, uh, grow, uh, have jobs, and, and in essence, uh, uh, grow it as large as we can. Um, like if a sales offer comes in, we would definitely consider it, um, but that wasn't built into our structure of how we wanted to run our lives and our business. And, and so I guess, uh, Thus, uh, investors, I think, would, would get turned off on that concept. And keep in mind, we're not saying we don't want investors to get a return. By all means, we want investors and, and ourselves, everyone, to get a return. Um, it's just that uh, uh, we would need an investor who cares about what we do and, and why we do it, not yeah. necessarily be extremely money-focused and money-driven. Um, would that many people go four years without getting a paycheck? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, and, and so we're looking for the investor who understands what that feels like, what that means, and, and, uh, and appreciates, in essence, what we're doing. Um, and that seems to be really, really hard to find. Um, and so we were told to, to look at like angel investors. And, and, um, but at that time, it was like, okay, we're getting into the holiday season again. And, you know, we have to, we don't focus on holiday season. There's no money available to look for investors. So we kind of put that on hold and- um, So where are you on that now? So you, you've gone okay. through the two cycles. So where are you guys, as far as thinking about investors now? So we, we, we want investors. Uh, we need investors. Um, at the same time- uh, Like we're scraping. <laughs> um, however, I think we're tired. Well, I don't want to say we, I'm tired of playing the game. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, it's not for me. I don't want to, if an investor comes to us, then absolutely. I would sit down and meet with them and, and talk with them, share numbers and whatnot. Uh, we found, uh, the wholesale accounts that we have, some of the best wholesale accounts that we have are when the wholesalers came to us. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we go out and we like have to really pitch hard to convince people, uh, I mean, they may place an order, an opening order, and then that's that. Um, and so uh, absolutely, if there's an investor who, who really would like to be a part of what we're doing, then by all means, we would love to talk with them. Um, yeah. We're not against uh, 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 having people come in, um, but just right off the bat, right, right as we're at right now, um, okay. number-wise, uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, and, and that's because we're, we're, we're building a brand and trying to tell people, trying to communicate to people 
that they have the ability to to do something that they never once had the ability to do. And so um, once we can kind of, uh, we're focusing more on telling people uh, about that new ability rather okay. than going off and, and trying to convince investors in essence. Awesome. So if you could think of the ideal client for your product, give me three words that describe them. Hmm. <laughs> uh, caring, compassionate, and giving. Yeah. Caring, compassionate, and giving. Yeah, uh, caring because they care about the world, they care about other people. Compassionate because, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with, with being caring, yeah, but uh, uh, it's, it's important to be nice to one another. Uh, and giving in the sense of, uh, like, we, you don't need to have something to be giving. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't have money. But yet we, I mean, uh, yet we just ran a, a campaign uh, in which we're donating 100% of all profits to charitable organizations. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're not in a position to be giving, but at the same time, um, we feel that it's important to give. Um, and so uh, I would probably roll in optimistic. I mean, it's in the brand yeah. name. Um, oh, yeah. But it's... it's definitely an important feature so uh, i'm i'm really curious because everything you guys are saying like why isn't this a nonprofit? i suppose it could be but part of the the mission we kind of came to was like um it's not just nonprofits. like why can't all businesses or you know a certain subset of businesses be concerned with just changing the way the world is and improving things yeah why 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 differentiate between profit and nonprofit would be my question. Touche. Well, I'm just thinking of the tax benefits for y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And tax benefit was. Uh, but I'm thinking more of the umbrella of the person that you're describing as wanting to do business with is more likely to attach to the mission of a nonprofit or, or a, a corporation that does function like a nonprofit, which is what it sounds like what you guys are doing. But when I saw your packaging, like I got it in my speaker gift bag, I was like, this is really fun. It's really vibrant. But I didn't get that from what you guys were telling me. Like, I didn't get that level of giving and compassion and, and community that you're talking about from, from that bar of soap that I held in my hand. Yeah. So, um, and, and so uh, I guess the, the, the brand experience uh, mm -hmm. fully comes when, when you, uh, navigate our website, uh, you place your order, you receive emails about that order and, and the unboxing experience. So all of that put together, uh, it, it should kind of uh, uh, scream out uh, that, that. And we're still um, kind of like uh, working through like painting this in a great way verbally yeah. ourselves. Um, but a big part of it is like what I termed optimistic. It, it's like caring and compassion and giving doesn't have to be all about like, um, uh, you know, someone like in a video campaign with like starving mm -hmm. children and being like, oh, give to these children. It's like, no, you can be like upbeat and, and fun and um, have an awesome gift for, you know, a family member and um, just really enjoy the product experience you're having, but still be involved in like a company and like a, uh, a mission that is at its core, you know, giving and compassionate. Um, like most people use soap. Mm -hmm. um, if you think it would be really awesome to create your own soap as a gift or for yourself, um, why not pair that with helping other people and, um, you know, creating a community? It's like it can all be bundled together into one experience. You don't have to separate all the little different aspects mm -hmm. of your life. Like I'm giving this check for donation and I'm buying this bar of soap from the grocery store and so on. And that's eventually the mission of the Mad Optimist is we can expand outside of body care too. Our mission is is more it's it's more about changing the way business is done for the better and um just trying out these really maybe crazy ideas like sliding scales on ourselves um because if someone doesn't try them then how else is you know the world going to change and and uh things improve for the better um and so we're using um we're using body care as a vehicle to facilitate our mission in essence and and okay. mission, uh primarily being uh, to show the world that business can be conducted differently and still be successful. 
Um, and so kind of going back to that, that why not be a nonprofit, uh, that would show nonprofit can be successful using these qualities and, and these attributes that we have. We're trying to show that you could be a viable business uh, and, and that we think all businesses should have these qualities um, and, and not necessarily uh, just solely be uh, after profit and profit hungry. And that's this is actually that. a great like uh, example of the rest of our story was like, okay, we did the design myself, the accelerator. We still knew that we needed, so we, we, we sit down, we sat down and kind of uh, did our manifesto. Uh, we knew, okay, we need someone, we, we know what we're good at. We're good at the back end. We're good at, you know, you know, supply chain and getting orders out and like organizing ourselves to make stuff happen. Uh, we weren't necessarily good at branding. So we reached out to our customers because we had like a, you know, a list of 2,000 people or so at that time um, and just uh, asked for help. And so as a result of that, we ended up um, teaming up with uh, a, a, like a global branding agency um, and teaming up in the sense of they're like essentially becoming a co-founder along with mm -hmm. us. Um, so instead of like looking for an investor to get a few hundred thousand dollars to pay for a rebrand and design, we just kind of, you know, got rid of the middleman, found someone who really believed in what we were doing, such that they would do something that risky, uh, mm -hmm. and just jumped forward. Um, and that the the agency is LPK, if if you're curious, they're a great company. Um, and so they they helped us kind of distill through all of this stuff that we've talked about and find um, the middle, not even the middle road, but we're kind of, it is kind of a fine line of, okay, how do you have this fun, awesome consumer brand, uh, but at the same time have all these values of compassion and caring, but at the same time, it's like, really, it, it is, it boils down to like, stick it to the man and like mm -hmm. do things revolutionary different, revolutionarily different. Um, how do you do all of those things at once? Mm -hmm. um, and they were uh, really great to kind of bring all of that together. Um, they're, yeah, they're the ones who, are really, really good at uh, uh, telling the story in a uh, design and, and, and uh, just in a, in a very, uh, in a way that, that we just don't know how to do. Uh, that's not our specialty. And, and uh, they- uh, Visually and- Exactly, they- uh, They package it for you. And, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> not that everyone maybe needs someone like that, um, but if you do have like a really complex set of things that you'd like to do, um, maybe that could help someone else. I'm just thinking of listeners and how they could apply this to their, their uh, you know, ventures. Um, and so we knew what we aren't good at. Yeah. I think it's very yeah. important that you as a team, uh, you know what you don't, what you don't have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and to remove out of your head uh, this aspect of, oh, uh, well, in order to get something like that, uh, like you need hundreds of thousands of dollars or yeah. you need, uh, you, like if you just keep in your mind that anything and everything is a possibility, mm -hmm. then that's what will happen. Anything and everything can be a possibility. Uh, but if you go into to life or going into business with these set boundaries and with these set rules, then you're confounded to those boundaries in essence. And so, when we reached out to our, our customers, when we didn't know there was uh, someone who uh, was uh, really heavily into design and, and marketing. And, uh, but the thought process behind it was, let's reach out to people who support us and mm -hmm. they may have better, they may have ideas that can kind of help steer us in, in uh, a different direction. Awesome. Um, we did have about a dozen responders to that. So like we saw that as a really great response rate for something yeah. that's the thing that we're asking. But, but well, yeah. what, what, what it sounds is like when you put your customer first and you make them the priority, that when you do have the want and need and you ask for that input or assistance, that they are more, they're just waiting for their opportunity to step in and help out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because our customers are caring, compassionate, and giving. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be aligned in your values, guys. So what would you say, uh, how would you, how would you I, define success? Uh, success? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, there, there are different levels of that. Um, as a business, success is ultimately 
um, like seeing profit, getting getting to a certain size. I mean, uh, for us, we don't, we're not wanting to put limits. We see the business growing uh, into the millions of dollars of revenue, absolutely, and, and on a global scale. Um, do you have a different kind of approach to that? Um, yeah, sort of. Um, I, I I can't stop but thinking about what we we're talking about uh, prior, uh, and and because I think it somehow ties into what you're asking now. Um, and and for your listeners, even uh, one of the the key things that we did is we didn't know who our customers are. We know who our farmer market customers are because we talked to them. But when you're talking about e-commerce, we don't we didn't we didn't know the people who are buying customized bar soaps. Why are they buying it? Um, and we didn't know until we sent out surveys, uh, interviewing basically all of them. Um, and what we got back was uh, uh, a great deal of information about the insights of our customers. And so when you're asking about like, how do we, uh, the question was about success. Um, and how do we uh, gauge success? Is that what? How do you, how do you define it? How do I define it? Um, I would say, uh, our success would be in terms of uh, how uh, how engaged are our customers, um, and and uh, uh, we are being successful when customers talk to us, when they communicate with us, uh, when they uh, repeat buy with us, um, and and I would say that is successful. Uh, that what we're doing is is being successful with that, and uh, our and then when you kind of expand that out, um, the other levels of success would kind of just fall into place. Because if you have customers that are engaging, and for example, this campaign that we uh, ran to, to help donate to these three causes that, that we had mentioned, then, and those customers are, then I would say that is successful. Like we are building a community of like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. And so how do you know whether or not the community is growing is how much support are you seeing happening? Uh, how much engagement are you getting? Um, and so uh, I don't necessarily value uh, success with money because we've gone so long without money. Uh, that, but are we successful? I mean, uh, yes, I think we are successful. We have a lot of supportive people. Um, but uh, in, in my uh, line of thought, I guess, is, is uh, Money may may keep the doors open, but I mean, that's if you have a whole lot of overhead. Um, but if you're strategic with with how you do business, um, then you can really limit eliminate a lot of overhead and and uh, just uh, I guess have a sound uh, intent on in, on what it is that you want to do. Sorry, I kind of rambled a little bit. No, I, th I think that's great because I think that weaves it all together. <laughs> so I have I have one final question that I ask all of my guests. And I didn't ask you guys ahead of time, so you're going to have to think on the fly. But what would you say is your individual Spitfire power? I don't really think we see ourselves as awesome. That's why it's difficult. Um, is, is modesty your Spitfire power? I don't know. Uh, I mean, we're just trying our best uh, and, and doing what we... I mean, as a group, I think it really... It, it's... it's um, <sighs> We've been called cockroaches before. <laughs> um, In all the best yeah. ways. <laughs> and so, and so they, meant it, they, were, they were a mentor of ours and they meant it in like, you know, the, the most positive way possible of um, like, no matter what happens, like we're not killed, we're not done. Like we, we stick around, um, you know, they say like, a cockroach is the only animal that would survive a nuclear apocalypse. And I don't know if that's true, but that's what he was getting at. And, and that's really true of us. Like, um, we whether whether it was smart or not, like we've stuck with this for six years and have not paid ourselves. And um, I think I think that is um, to some extent a real uh, a superpower. And um, there is still a lot of upside. I mean, we're still struggling to be honest, um, but uh, we're at maybe the most hopeful point that we've been, um, and uh, we definitely can succeed. Um, and that could only have happened if we utilized our cockroach power and <laughs> stuck around. And I think um, every business person or person who's just really, um, you know, wholeheartedly going towards a project, you kind of need to have that feature. And 
uh, be able to stick around no matter what happens. Um, so that's my answer for us as a group. Okay. <laughs> and for all you people out there who are thinking of like Mr. Wonderful's thought and, and idea of it, like I don't see it as a hobby. Um, it is it is a sound business. Um, it, it's a matter of, of we only uh, recently discovered uh, and and uh, outsourced what we're not good at, <laughs> and so whether we've done that in time or not is maybe the question. Um, but yeah, that's where we have, you still have to kind of uh, balance practicality with the op optimism to some yeah. extent. For, for five years, we never emailed our customers. They placed an order, we never remarketed to them. Um, and so it wasn't until we went to the brandery where we learned it's okay uh, to, to, to remind your customers that, hey, is it, it might be time for you to buy soap. Are you getting stinky? You need some soap. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's that simple to some extent. And so now, in essence, we have, uh, we're, we're more um, aware of things, and, and uh, we also are able to uh, have help, in essence. If, if our listeners out there want some custom personalized soap, where, where should they go? Uh, they should head over to uh, themadoptimist.com. Uh, and then uh, just start building. So we talked a lot about soap, but there's lip balms, bath soaks, spray mists, a lot of things you can design and label. And, and it's not only uh, uh, the products, but if any of your customers ever want to call and, and chat with us or have any sort of uh, uh, um, questions or, or want to talk more, they're more than welcome to, to call us. Uh, the number on the website connects to all of our cell phones. So it, it's a direct connection to us. So you got new friends. Well, I know that the Spitfire community is going to be up to this. We're going to have the link in the show notes. Um, and the holiday season is a coming. And I don't know what better amazing gift to get, but a personalized one. So we, we have already uh, specced out the Spitfire scent. I have it on a business card. So if you are a client of mine, you are going to be smelling like a Spitfire soon. Awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for uh, taking time out of your busy customizing schedule. Uh, I hope that you now understand uh, your Spitfire power a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you awesome. For me that. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I'll send you guys a copy of the book. So <laughs> you guys can be spitting fire. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, and if you guys are out in Indiana, I'm sure these guys would love to give you a tour of, of the, the soap making and yeah, lip balm absolutely. process. Yeah. I need to do that. I need to get a hairnet. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. <laughs>